This podcast is a ministry of Christian Life Center in Berwyn, Illinois. Our goal is to create a real faith for the real world, and we hope this helps you grow. For more information on Christian Life Center, visit us at our website, www.berwynag.org. Thank you. We're talking about the Spirit-filled church and what happened in that first church and what God wants to speak to the church today about that right now. So we're in Acts chapter 3 and verse 1, and I kind of feel like the Lord was asking me to tweak my message a little bit for this second service this morning, so uh, bear with me because we're swinging from the hip here. Acts chapter, 1, or Acts chapter 3, verse 1, that, this part remains the same. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, And a man, lame from birth, was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called uh, the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And while he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at at us? As though by our own power or piety we made him walk. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate, when, you had decided to, when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is, in, that is through Jesus has given this man perfect health in your presence. So now, and now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your rulers, but, the, but what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, and that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Moses said, The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaimed these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. 
So it's about the ninth hour, it's the evening, it's about three or so in the afternoon, and they are, Peter and John are walking to the temple. Clearly, the church has been filled with the Holy Spirit. They have changed their day of worship from uh, the Sabbath now to the Lord's Day. They've moved from Saturday to Sunday, and yet at the same time, they still are attending these temple worship times, these prayer times at the temple. And so as they're doing that, they're heading, uh, heading on up when they run into this man. My drink of water today, my drink of living water today, is brought to you by Christian Life Center. Hmm. The Christian Life Center missions department gave me that. So you say, how do you know they give it to you? Because I said so because I'm the head of the missions department. So... <clears throat> So, uh, so they're going up there, and they're heading up to the, to the temple, and as they're walking up, they see a man, what we would call a homeless man or, or maybe a, a crippled man, who's laying there by the side of the road, and they're heading there on their way to prayer, and rather than bl blow right by him, they hear him cry out to them, can you give me some money? Can you give me a little bit? Can you help this poor man? Can you? And he's, he's looking to them, expecting them to have some cash expecting them to give cash to him. He's, he's, the scripture actually tells us that, that he is looking with expectation. I think that's probably one of the things that's the key to this, uh, this miracle that happens there. It, we should note that these, these men were filled with the Holy Spirit back in chapter 2, and so their life is completely and radically changed. But it's interesting that they go to this man and they don't have a dime in their pocket. Now, it's not that Peter and John were poor. They certainly weren't. They were, had business, they were businessmen. But it's likely that they had given already away all their money to keeping up the, 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 uh, the, uh, the things that were happening amongst the poor. And so when they came there, they didn't have anything in their pocket. And so rather than doing like you and I do sometimes at the bus stop, where we just try to walk real fast and say, no, not today, and we just keep moving away, they recognized that they do indeed have something. Even though their pockets might be empty, mine's not, it has a Kleenex in it, but uh, even though their pockets might be empty, they still have something that they can give. They have an answer to this man's uh, question. Well, not really to the man's question, they have an answer for his life. You see, most of us were not looking for Jesus when we ran into Jesus, right? When I came to Jesus, I came into a church service. The church service that I came into, I was there for one reason and one reason only. And that reason was because I promised the people that I was living with in their basement that if I ever had a Sunday off, I would join them and their Jesus freak family at the church that they went to. They were kind. They had opened up their house. I told them that I would go, and then I finally had a Sunday off. And so I went there, and I was expecting nothing. However, the woman whose house I was living at walked in to me and my, and my friend, who were, we were both sitting there, and she said, the Lord just told me in prayer that God is going to save one of you two guys. And she pointed to the two of us. And I looked at him at that moment and that time, and I said, well, it must be going to be you, because it ain't going to be me. That's what I said to him. And so I went to church that day with the specific instruction in my mind, absolutely no expectation of meeting Jesus. In fact, specifically trying to avoid Jesus at all costs. 
So we went to church that day. I can't tell you what the preacher said. I can't tell you what songs they sang. I can tell you it was a little bit strange for me. I grew up Lutheran, and this church that they had people raising their hands and and the gifts of the Spirit were operating, and somebody really loud was standing right behind me. Don't you always wonder, when you bring somebody to church, somebody really loud is always right behind the person you brought. And it's, like, it's not like they're one seat behind us, like they're right in their ear, you know. I, I had to laugh during, during the prayer time. We were praying, and as our sister was leading us in prayer, I started praying in my prayer language, and my granddaughter was sitting on my lap, turned at me and looked at me like, you know, what language is that? And I, I did, I, 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 kind of picked up on it right away. I, I said, oh, that's my prayer language. I do that sometimes. She goes, oh. Uh, but uh, I had to calm her down a little bit there because she was freaking out about that. She was like, what was that? It just came out, you know. And it was like a see my tie, tie my tie, tie my bow tie, or whatever I said. Anyway, so we're, I wasn't looking for Jesus when I went to church. So, uh, so in it, it, that church, like this church, can get a little weird. And so uh, they were they were uh, doing their thing, and then at the end, the pastor, I just remember the pastor, a gracious man of God who affected my life so profoundly, said on that day, if you'd like to come to know Jesus, get up from where you are and come on, meet me here at the altar, and we'll pray together. And sure enough, the guy sitting next to me stands up and walks down the aisle, and I'll be darned if she wasn't right, I said to myself. And then the whole family all gathered around him and they prayed over him and, over, and, and helped him repent and come to Jesus and, and he got him free from all the junk that he was in and everything. And I determined that I was going to get out of there. And so I, I thought and my great plan of action was that I was going to go out, have a smoke outside in the narthex outside the church. So I got out, you know how you do when you got, you reach and you pull out your pack of cigarettes, you're pounding them like this as you're walking down the aisle. People are flowing this way and I'm walking the wrong direction to get saved, you know. Uh, little, little did I know that the gal who I was living in, in her basement, that she, she had felt really that the Lord was going to save me that day, but I didn't, I didn't know that and she didn't really, she didn't want to come right out and say he's going to save Dave. So instead, the Lord saved the other guy and as I was walking out, uh, getting ready to have a cigarette for the first time in my life, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, what are you so afraid of? And as I got into the hallway, before I could go outside and light up my cigarette, I, I didn't freak out. It felt like one of my thoughts. And so I began, to, I began to make a conversation in my mind with my own thoughts. You know, did you ever ask yourself a question and give yourself an answer? What kind of ice cream should I have? How about, you know, Rocky Road? No, 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 vanilla. You know, you know, you know have the conversation. And I was having this conversation in my mind. Well, I'm not, I'm not afraid. I'm not, I'm not afraid. And Oh, yeah, you are. And so instead of leaving the church, I began to walk down the outside of the building. And as I walked outside, inside, but the outside of the sanctuary. And so I began to walk around. And I went by the Sunday school rooms where the children were learning about Jesus and saw the colored paper hanging up there. And I looked down another room and I saw another room where uh, somebody else was uh, teaching a group of young people there. And then I got to another, another room, and it said prayer room on the door. And the door was solid, and it was locked, or solid, and it was closed. And I grabbed the door handle, and I opened up the door. And thank God, no one was praying in that church. No, there's my, my sermon could be today, and the prayer room was empty, but no, it wasn't. And so I went into the prayer room, and as I went into the prayer room, 
there was no one there, and so I just knelt down on my knees and grabbed this Bible. I didn't really know what you were supposed to do with the Bible, but I knew it had to be open for it to be important to you. So I opened it up, and I opened it. It was a New Testament. It said, The Greatest is Love, paperback version, uh, Living Bible. I opened it up, knelt down on the floor, and I said, God, if you're real, if you're real, come into my life and change my life. And me and God had some time there. I closed the book, and I set it down, and I got up and went out. In the meantime, caught up with the rest of the group of people that I was with that day. They were rejoicing because Eric had given his life to the Lord. And they were looking at me like, what's the matter with him? And, and, I, was, and I, I was just, I'd given my life to the Lord. I was not looking for Jesus. In fact, I was specifically looking for anything but Jesus the day I found Jesus. When this man is crying out, can you give me some money? It almost seems rude for us to walk up to him and say, we don't have any money, but we got something else. Now, you ever give to a homeless guy a half a sandwich? Right? You ever give to a homeless guy a, a McDonald's coupon? Never give, give, give to him? And you, know, you see that look on their face where they're kind of a little bit, really? I was looking for cash. You know, this McDonald's coupon is only good for a Big Mac, right? And I, I can't. I can't do other things that I would like to do with cash. And so I would imagine that the same is true in that day, that when they first begin this conversation, that, that maybe they don't, maybe the, 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 the crippled guy isn't, isn't interested in this Jesus, or at least not interested in what they have to say. What we have, we give to you. And then they bring up the name of Jesus. Now we know from the story that this man has been laying at this a gate every day of the week for 40 years. This is the same gate that Jesus would have walked in and out during his ministry. This man would have been there the day Jesus cleansed the temple 60-some days before this. This man would have heard the stories about this Jesus who walked the streets and who laid hands on the sick. This, this Jesus would have been ringing out their, their attention span would have, would have wrecked. And as soon as it seems, as soon as he heard that it was Jesus that they were bringing to him, it says that he looked to them with expectation. One of the problems with the church is when we come in the church, we expect not much. A sermon. A song. We don't expect very much. One of, the, one of the problems with the church is there's no heightened sense of expectation. Listen, we're here today and Jesus Christ of Nazareth is not on his way. He is here today. Amen. Jesus Christ is here today. His Holy Spirit is working on the inside of us right here in this place today. He was moving in, up and down. The Bible tells us that God sings over us as we worship. In other words, when you and I were worshiping, God was the loudest voice in the room, singing over us and giving praise to himself, I guess.
and he is ministering to us with words of prophecy, giving to us words of encouragement, telling us that we are loved, telling us that, that, uh, that he has more for us and that he loves not only us, but those others that are around us who need to be seated at that banquet table that's coming. Are you paying attention to what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church? And then we come and we hear, begin to pray for men and women who's given their lives to live overseas, to take a go and bring the words of Jesus to the world around us. People who you and I will never meet until the day when we step into heaven. When we step into heaven, we'll look around and God will say, I'm going to show you all the people who were touched and ministered to, all those that were saved because you gave to missions, because you prayed for the missionaries, because you did those things. And we will be on that day, hopefully not ashamed because we lived so graciously here on earth. But we will, be, we will be unashamed because we will say, I gave my $10, my $20. That went to help those people. And people with bones in their nose and people with nets as a hat and people who live with feathers in their hairdo and beads all hanging down like that or, or rings in their nose. All these people who I never know but who are wonderful people whom God loves. Those people. God loves those people. And we will step in and the scripture says... Men from every tribe, language, kindred, and tongue will be there. And then we will hear with many, many languages, all of them crying out together the wonders of our God, praising God in heaven, loving each other, and there will be perfect harmony. No more tears, no more crying, no more sorrow, no more sadness. All the things of this earth have grown away, and we will be standing in the presence of God, and God will say to us, well done, good and faithful servants. Because that's what he's called us to do. That's what he's called us to do. I get excited about that. I said to somebody during worship practice this morning, we were sitting next to each other on the back bench, and I said, I'm excited about heaven. When was the last time you remembered that you were excited about heaven? I'm looking forward to heaven. Next time your mortgage comes in the mail, just say, Jesus paid my mansion down, and it's paid in full. Amen? Next time you have more month than money, remember, God loves you, and he's already paved the way. Next time you go buy a retirement home, point to heaven and say, my retirement home is better than that. God has a purpose and a plan for us. So Peter and John are on their way up. Let me continue the story before I get lost. It doesn't take long for me to get lost. And they're on their way up, and as they're walking up, this man speaks to them. They say, we don't have any money at all. You know, most of the church would count it out. We would say, we don't, money's all we, that people want. That's what we should give them. But just because they're asking for money doesn't mean you can't give them Jesus instead. If they're really open. Now what if the man would have said, ah, I, don't want, I, I want cash or nothing else. Then he might have got some money later on that day. As far as we know, after the healing, the man is walking and leaping and praising God, but still dead broke. Have you thought about that? 
walking and leaping and singing and hallelujah and making a spectacle of himself and, and people, he has no money still. Right? Now, he might have come over with a couple shekels in his pocket if he would have denied these guys and not let these Jesus freaks minister to him, but instead, he listens to them and he looks to them with expectation, takes faith in his heart. He has to believe what they're saying to him. His, his God has, hasn't asked us for very much when a miracle comes. All we need to do is believe and have expectation that the same Jesus who came and cleansed this temple, the same Jesus who walked these dusty streets, the same Jesus who did all that ministry that I've heard so many stories about, that same Jesus is willing to do that for me right now, today, here in this place. That's all he had to do was believe that. But it also took some faith on the, on the role of uh, the, the two apostles, right? I mean... They say, we don't have any money, but what we have we'll give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And they reach their hand down and they pull this man up who's not walked in 40 years. Pull this man up. And the scripture says, as they, pull, as he, they touch hands and he begins to grab the guy's hand and he pulls him up, there's a strengthening that happens in the muscles and the tendons and, and the ligaments all in his body. And those muscles that had atrophied for 40 years, they can only, they must, his legs must have been about this thin. Suddenly they begin to build up and they get strong. As he pulls him up, the scripture said, the Dr. Luke who writes this tells us the exact bones in the ankles that are coming together and are healed because the doctor is analytical, you know, and he, he says these are the exact bones that are being healed and they all come together and, so, and he picks him up and the guy now is walking and leaping and praising God all because by faith they recognize that they had more than money to give. My... my heart today is that you would know that God wants you to walk as a spirit-filled church. God, any, any group of people can get together and make an offering. Let's be honest. Any group of people can come together. But only the spirit-filled church can leave this place and look at the needs of the world and say, I have more than money to throw at that. What I have, I give to you. What I have, I give to you, is what he said. What I have, they recognized that they had more than the money that was not jingling in their pockets. They had more than that. They had the Holy Spirit. They were possessed and were possessors of the Holy Spirit of God, that God had deposited the Spirit of God into their lives so that they could go out and change the world around them. It would be nice if I could just give you five steps to live your life for Jesus or five steps for you to be wonderfully comforted this morning, to be warmed and filled. But that is not what God has called me to do. My ministry is to put a boot in your behind. That's my ministry. My ministry is to put a boot in your behind. And I got some nice boots on today. Take a look at these ones right here. That's where they are. A little bit pointy right there. My, my job is to put a boot in your behind to let you know that you aren't penniless and broke. Even when you're penniless and broke, you're not broke. You still got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. You have something on the inside to give. 
Sometimes we sell ourselves short. Sometimes we don't want to deal with the world around us in the way that, that we should. But we need to operate as though, as though we're pregnant with the expectation of a miraculous encounter at any moment and any day. We need to walk around. You ever watch a pregnant woman when she's really big and pregnant and her belly's really big and she waddles like this? She knows any, any moment. It could be that, that feeling. Any moment could be. Wait, what was that? What was that? Is that, the, is that the baby coming? She knows. That's how we should walk around. We should waddle everywhere we go. No, that's not what I'm saying. We, we, should, we should go everywhere we go with the power of Christ, knowing that we are pregnant with the power of Christ. Wherever we go, we can know that God can work through us, that maybe this, oh, maybe we don't have a dollar. Maybe we can't sa save this guy from himself, but we can tell him about Jesus and bring him to heaven with us. We need to walk as the people who have something to give. What do I have to give? What have I got? Well, I've got more than money. I've got the Holy Spirit. People aren't always excited when you tell them you don't got money, but you got the Holy Spirit. And that's okay. If they don't want the Holy Spirit, you don't have to give it to them. But if they do want it, you have a holy obligation that whatever you have been given, you give to them. Freely have you received. Therefore, freely give. That's what Jesus told us. The resurrected Christ told his people that. We must be people who give that to Jesus. Why don't we do it? Why don't we do it? We have to envision ourselves as people who live in the present, who live empowered by the power of Jesus. Was there any trick to it? Is there anything there that you can't do? I'm just asking you. Can you reach down and grab somebody's hand? Can you pull? Do you have a, a lips and a tongue where you could say, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk? That's all it took. That's all it takes for you and for them. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Will you bow your head with me? Let's believe God together for miracles. Father, in the name of Jesus, we believe, Lord, that you have not left your church abandoned and alone, but you have filled us with the Holy Spirit. And you give us more and more of the Holy Spirit whenever we ask. And so today we come to you, Lord God, and we ask you that you would fill us to the extent that we would know that we're walking around waiting in expectation for the, the next miracle. Yes. Looking for the opportunity to lay hands on the sick, to, to, to prophesy, to help those who are hurting, Lord God. To preach about Jesus. Help us, Lord, we pray it in Jesus' name to be those people who reach out. Give us a holy boldness that comes with the Holy Spirit. Get us out of the closet and out onto the street where we can minister to people. We ask that in Jesus' name. We ask that for our church here, for Christian Life Center, that you would get us out of this building, Lord God. Lord, if there's someone here that needs to hear a soft and kind, gentle word, Lord, I pray that you would find them a good church because they're probably never going to hear that here. But if you... Lord, can motivate us to go out into the world, to lay hands on the sick, and then to bring back testimony after testimony of people who've come to know Jesus. 
that would really excite us, Lord. So would you fill us? Would you open our hearts and our minds? Would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? In Jesus' name. Lift your hands to heaven. Would you do that for a moment? Holy Spirit, come into this place right now. Wait, put your hands down for a second. Did you notice how they did ministry there? The sermon came after the miracle. The sermon came after the miracle. Once he did the miracle, once the guy drew attention to himself, it's just the opposite of what we do in church. We preach a message and then we say, okay, Lord, come do a miracle. That's because we're doing it to believers. But out in the world, you do the miracle first. And then when everybody pays attention, you say, while, you're, while I have you all gathered around, let me tell you about this Jesus. He's so wonderful. He loves you. He'll save every one of you if you just repent from your sins. He didn't shy back from telling them they had to repent. Okay, so lift your hands to heaven. Let's, let's, let's believe God. These hands, Lord, we ask that your anointing would be on these hands in Jesus' name. And that when we reach out in faith in Jesus' name, that healings would happen, Lord God that lives would be changed. When we listen with these ears and look with these eyes, that we would hear and see what it is that you want us to do. We present ourselves not as followers of Jesus today, Lord, but as spirit-filled followers of Jesus, Lord. Empower your church today, we ask, in the mighty and glorious name of our Savior, Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to today's message. We hope you were blessed by it. If there's anything that we can do to help you further your relationship with God, we would love to be a part of it. You can contact us through our website, www.berwinag.org. Thank you, and God bless.